0: So how's it going? (laughs) These are different times, aren't they? One of the challenges that I'm looking at and saying, okay, what do I present to this group that is actually useful in this season and necessary? Um, Because when all of us are are looking at things, uh, when you think about the economy, what do you think of? You do, do you think, well, it's rolling along, but on the other hand, all this money that's being printed, there's a payday somewhere down the road, or, or there's this tension, so to speak, that can kind of grab you and say, how long can this sustain itself, right? Or let's, let's look at the environment. When you, uh, I had a conversation within the last week with someone uh, regarding mining, and, you know, the question is, do you shut it off in a country that has more legislation that actually um, has rules that only allow it to be done in a certain manner that has the least amount of effect on the environment? Or do you shut it down completely in that country and then just take your goods in from another country that has no rules whatsoever? I, uh Years ago when I went to the Philippines with Michael, I I have this very strong memory of whole mountainsides just completely denuded as one of the um, companies from our country had gone there and just logged off this jungle entirely. Drove off indigenous peoples, had no care about that. It was about making money. And when you consider that, you're going... This isn't healthy. This isn't the stewardship that God called us to out of Genesis 1. But then you can't just shut off the use of natural resources either. So how do you do that? Again, how's it going? <laughs> well, there's some big questions, right? Well, let's let's go to the simpler things. At least we have our government. Are you, are you, aren't you delighted? You know that it's there to protect and, and help us. Um, they're, you know, they're ideally looking after our best interest. Um, there are some questions whether that's happening or not with some, um, but nevertheless, that question arises. Right? It's it's an issue. Well, leave government alone. In politics, we don't need to get into that in church, right? Let's talk about education. Everybody on board with that? Going great? Looking forward to the fall? Everything's laid out just as you would hope? Well, not quite at this moment, but we're hopeful. Well, the business climate, at least there's steady growth. And it's all good, right? Except for those... that can't sell what they have, or can't, a little bit complicated there, the judicial system, the judicial system, the, the ones that are concerned about truth and justice. There we go. That'll that'll bail us out. Well, let's bring it closer to home, church life. We are delighted how churches all work together because we're serving Christ. One God and one Lord. And and we love how everybody honors and respects each other and there's just a full unity outside or even in the group. Uh, We'll we'll keep going. Uh, How's it going with your health? Feel great? Oh, yeah, COVID. I'll, I'll just skip that. Foreign relations. Aren't you grateful that everybody loves us and we love everyone? Let there be world peace. Well, it, it, there's room for improvement, I'll, I'll give you that. Well, at least internally, we got it together. No tribalism here. No group separation just everybody working together. Uh, Not quite yet, but we're we're hopeful. So at least our times of rest or entertainment are good, right? Pursuing moral health and well-being. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe we should just focus on our own personal lives. You know we've got this thing going on with the Lord, and it's just good. We're do, doing everything we know to do, and He's speaking into our lives in a powerful way, and it's all wondrous. Marriage could never have been better. Family is just amazing. In our community, what a better, what better place could you live? I I, I bring all this up. And acknowledge that issues of violence and moral depravity and, and aimlessness of a citizenry, those aren't new issues. And those aren't the bottom line issue. That there are deeper things that cause those kind of expressions. So what I want to do is is go back, and, and during this season, I feel like passages like the prophetic books of the Old Testament speak to me because the prophets are all calling out the people of that day and saying, these are the issues that you're dealing with, and it's very similar to today. And so there's a wonder in me that says, you know what, they were, they were dealing with things and there were answers even back in that day. And in fact, when you look at that, you're going, I'm grateful for a book or this document of the scripture that's several thousand years old and it's still relevant for today. I'm grateful for something that's withstood the test of time and it's just not rewriting history in the moment or making your own history. But there is a, a thread that continues all through. And there's an opportunity to have our lives set, uh, set in place through the Lord. Uh, I want to pull just uh, Isaiah 59 this morning. I want to kind of breeze through that and look at just a, a brief passage out of Titus. Isaiah, in the 59th chapter... Makes this statement, look, the Lord's hand is not too weak to deliver you. His ear is not too deaf. Your sinful acts have alienated you from God. Your sins have caused him to reject you and not listen to your prayers. People are going, man, it doesn't seem like God's here. Doesn't seem like he's answering us. You know, and, and their response was, maybe our God isn't strong enough or he doesn't care or he's not involved and Isaiah is saying, that's not the issue. We've kind of wandered off in our own way and done our own thing, and then we're saying, where's God? And the challenge in a season like this, when we're looking around us and saying, there's a quite a bit of unheaval, upheaval right now, where things are different than what they've been, and, and it's nervous when you look ahead and say, this could go in a very bad direction, so... What do we do about this? And if we just come up with the same answers in the same way that we've been living, we really haven't discovered the value of what the unease of our minds is bringing to us. There's an opportunity for us to change if we'll receive that not everything's going well and that it is not set the way that it should. Some of you, when you were home for weeks and weeks came back saying, you know what? We almost, it's like we rediscovered family life. We rediscovered our marriage. We rediscovered that spending time together is a good thing. But quite honestly, now that we're off and running again, the hardest part is to take that lesson learned during that season and apply it into now, now that there aren't the restrictions. So Isaiah's going, This is not a new issue, and it's not gonna have different conclusions. God didn't suddenly just go get old and and go to sleep, but rather he says, you drifted away. And he goes on, he says, Your hands are are stained with blood, and you're and you're speaking malicious words, and he says, It's not healthy. But in the fourth verse, he says, No one is concerned about justice. No one sets forth his case truthfully. It's very similar to what we hear in this day. He goes on and he gives some illustrations. He says, "It's like, um, like you're, uh, you're, you're distributing snakes' eggs." He says, "It's going to poison you." What the path that you're on is. He he likens it to snakes and spiders, which not many of us like, right? And he's saying the webs that are woven, he says, they're a clothing that, that lets us see who you are, but it's not, it's not a good thing. And so he goes on and says, in, regard, in verse 8, he says, whoever deals with them is unfamiliar with peace. In other words, <laughs> there's no peace going on, and, and those who aren't helping peace, he says, you get involved with them and you're not going to find anything of peace. They're just not, it's not a familiar commodity. In 9 and 10 verses, he says, For this reason, deliverance is far from us. Salvation does not reach us, but we wait for light. And he goes on to describe, he says, There's a groping in the darkness that's a part of our lives right now. There's a searching that's going on, and it's like, can't see anything, and it's just like, what is going to set us in place what's going to bring us into this understanding of things or, or open our eyes so that we can see and know where we're going shame that the old testament written like this written almost 3000 years ago has no connection with today right <laughs> he goes on and says You know, in this situation, you're grumbling like bears. Nothing works out. It's all I hate the government. Right? Or he says, you're moaning like doves. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. He (laughs) says, that's what's coming out of you. He says, you're aware of our many rebellious deeds. We know our sins all too well. And here's, he says, we have rebelled and tried to deceive the Lord. We, (laughs) yeah, let's, we can fool God in this. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll show up on Sundays and be religious and then everything's okay. Or maybe not even Sunday, huh? He says, we tell lies concocted in our minds. But He goes on, justice is driven back. Godliness stands off. You know, honesty stumbles in the city square. Morality is not even able to enter. He's just saying those things aren't a part of the community. The one, who, the one who tries to avoid evil is robbed. What an amazing picture. Try to do right, Well, look at the good, it'll get you. <laughs> it'll rob you. Um, so going on, he says, The Lord watches and displease, is displeased. And he's shocked there's not an advocate. Why isn't somebody standing up and bringing truth? And here's the beauty of this passage. So he takes matters into his own hands. So this is a picture of what God would do. He says, Yeah, things have been adrift. And this is regarding the nation of Israel. He says, Yeah, we've been wandering but God is going to take care of this situation. What we couldn't find in ourselves, like there's this groping, he says, it's going to be handled. Now in their case, Isaiah tells them very directly, you're going to be hauled off into Babylon. You're going to be there for years, and then you're going to be released and brought back. But you're going to be restored. And so even before the trouble there's a promise of God's goodness overriding it and bringing them into well-being. And that's, that's the truth that I cling to in all, all of this. I don't know where our country's going. I, I, I'm nervous for it, quite honestly. But there's a, a bigger thing than that. There's a consistent faithfulness of God that does. it doesn't matter where the country goes, as much as the fact that God will restore those who call after him. And so, in this, uh, it talks of him taking things on for himself, and then, in contrast to the, the webs that he He said people are wearing, or the spider webs that uh, show what's on their life, he says, about God, he says, uh, his desire is for justice like and he's going to wear it like body armor. And he says uh, his desire to deliver delivers like a helmet on his head. He says he's clothed with something that's worth looking at. His garments of vengeance and his robe is, is zealousness. And so he goes on to say that God is going to dispense just judgment, and he is going to be given respect. And then in Isaiah 59, 20, he says, A protector comes to Zion, to those of Jacob who repent of their rebellious deeds, says the Lord. So again, this picture of trouble before it comes, and then restoration is coming because God says there's an advocate needed and a protector. And he says, I'm going to take that role and provide it. And he says, I'm going to give it to those who repent of their rebellious deeds. And then in the 59th, 21st verse, he says, my spirit is upon you. And it's going to be in your mouth, and it's going to be in the mouths of your children, and it's going to be in the mouths of your descendants as well. So what's he saying? He says, I'm going to send my spirit upon you for not only you, but your children and their descendants. What a wondrous thing. And then the bridge is made into the next chapter, the 60th chapter, and it says, Arise, shine, for your light arrives. In other words, the darkness is going to be driven back. And he says there's going to be a bright light. And in regard to the nation of Israel, he makes this declaration, your family is going to be restored, and your wealth is going to to be brought to you. And so in, in some ways, when we look at Okay, what is the hand of God and what would be the fullness of his intervention on our behalf? And we look and say, the restoration of families and the restoration of wealth is part of that picture. Now I want to jump over to Titus. Because in the New Testament, we have the work of Jesus. And we have what he was called to do. And so I want you to listen to this, out of Titus 2. For the grace of God is appeared bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So he says, even in this age, when we look all around us and we see corruption at every level and we see things that aren't going the way that they should. He says what salvation is meant to do in our lives is transform us from the inside out. And it's to bring us into a righteous lifestyle and and holiness as a people. He says, as we wait for the fulfillment, the happy fulfillment of our hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in other words... He came to bring us salvation. He has taught us how to live, but it's not the end of the story. There is more to come. This happy fulfillment. I was looking at this this morning and and thinking, in in some ways, when when God comes to bring us new life, it's declared all who seek will find, right? You knock on the door, it'll be opened unto you. There's a promise given that if you're seeking for the Lord, it will be open unto you. It will be given to you. But then a little later, there's also this idea that you aren't just brought into it, but you're given opportunity to grow, to learn. You know, he says, if you're burdened and and overwhelmed, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, I will teach you how to live. Learn from me. So he, he's given that opportunity of not only just entering, but growing in him. And then also now we have this expectation of a future hope in him, an eternal hope. In Titus, jumping into the next chapter, he says, uh, Paul's telling Titus regarding the, the people that are listening to him, he says, Rebind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and ready for every good work. In other words, he says, make yourself a good citizen. We We can't control what everyone else does around us. But we have a responsibility in the Lord to do our best as citizens. To do what we can in our place. It says they must not be they must not slander anyone but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete courtesy to all people. What a word for the day. To be courteous to everyone. <laughs> There's a significant amount of application needed of that in our culture, right? We once were we also were once foolish disobedient, misled, enslaved to various passions and desires, spending our lives in evil, in envy, hateful, and hating one another. The bells are ringing. Is it just in my head or is it? <laughs> I had an experience this week. Met a lady and... Uh, must attend the St. Michael's. And somehow it came out that I pastored Water's Edge. Oh, that church where they start playing bass guitar at 8 in the morning? (laughs) Yeah, it goes both ways. (laughs) So we can't complain too much. Titus 3, verses 4 through 6. When the kindness of God our Savior and his love for humanity appeared, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of his mercy, through the washing of the new birth and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on, on us in full measure through Christ Jesus our Savior. And so we have been justified by his grace. We become heirs of the confident expectation of eternal life. What an awesome thing that is. And what an awesome word for us in this day. That even though all around us, we can look and say, there's a lot of instability here. There is a stable path in the Lord that's available to us. There's a stability for life and peace that isn't going to happen anywhere else. When we talk about The fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And I always leave out one. Anybody know which one? What's that? Faithfulness. There you go. It wasn't intentional. I just, (laughs) it never sticks for me. But that said, he can place in us a temperament that's capable of walking through this season. He can develop in us a confidence that it sees his joy and peace in a time where others are struggling for it. It can be a significant mark on our lives, like wearing a clothing that says that this life has had an advocate come in. This life has a protector caring for them. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you for its endurance over time. We thank you that for thousands of years, its message still rings true. We ask, Lord, that you will cause us to consider our ways carefully, to recognize that at times we have slid along with our culture and done things that are very profane, There are times when we have lost that sense of your presence and it's as if we're groping in darkness. But you desire to bring your light to our lives. That you desire to be the advocate and the protector. Let us embrace that once again, we ask. Amen. Pray for God's blessing upon you. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May you know the fullness of favor God intends for your life. You discover with joy what it is to hear His voice and walk by His Spirit, knowing Him speaking to you each day. As each one goes into the community, I ask that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom, gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. God bless you.